0: Hello and welcome to Over the Air Christian Podcast. Before I can catch up on current affairs while looking at the world from a biblical point of view, there is quite a few things that I would like to go back on in the year 2020. Today is a rewind to something from the political arena that caught my attention in the first quarter of 2020. Back in March, an American senator made this comment, quote here, I am tired of communities of faith being weaponized and mischaracterized. There is nothing holy about rejecting medical care or turning someone away from a hospital on the grounds of their identity. Another quote. The long history of a country using scripture and weaponizing scripture to justify bigotry. End quote. Bigotry here pointing to the biased discrimination or prejudice on the basis of sexual orientation or ethnic race of a person. The issue surrounding this debate includes whether agencies or clinics could decline or be required to comply with medical treatment or social services such as adoptive foster care based on religious grounds, sexual orientations, ethnic identities, or capacities for adoptive foster care, etc. There are several layers of social values at stake here, and intertwined between personal moral choices, the well-being of a functional society, and freedom and responsibility of medical and healthcare workers to operate. To no one's surprise, plenty of news and media outlets uh, picked up on this senator's religious plea, and along Christian News Network as well. The full speech from the Congress hearing was recorded on video, and you can easily look that up. Now, for this podcast, my focus is on the comment regarding Scripture being weaponized. Just this. This is a starting point. And this will be a three-part series. I couldn't possibly fit everything into one episode. So again, I will divide it into three manageable parts rather than one single long sequence that might be difficult to follow. My three-part Christian response, informed by scripture, will address how these social values became a point of debate for the government, why the church and thereby all Christians must help in every kind of community, and how Jesus spoke into these matters. And in my view, to find some clarity in this dilemma, we must differentiate law and grace, the limits of legal prohibitions, At a political level, and finding grace and liberty at a societal level. We'll get to that in the third part. So let's begin. First, here is to briefly reconstruct the main points from the senator's speech. Now, in quotes here again from the Congress hearing where it all took place, the senator said, I know that it is part of my faith, the senator speaking, I know that it is part of my faith that all people are holy and all people are sacred unconditionally. I am tired of communities of faith being weaponized and being mischaracterized, because the only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and discrimination, weaponizing scripture to justify bigotry. There is nothing holy about rejecting medical care of people. If Christ himself walked through these doors and said what he said thousands of years ago, that we should love our neighbor and our enemy, that we should welcome the stranger, fight for the least of us, that it is easier for a camel to go through eye of a needle than a rich man to go into the kingdom of heaven, he would be malign as a radical and be rejected from these doors. End quote. The senator's passionate plea is for the government to preserve the sanctity and value of human life, regardless of who they are, even if their moral actions and decisions are unholy. That might be the more appropriate expressions we want to get across, since our actions often represent our identities. Aristotle would say excellence is a habit, since we are what we continuously do. But even that comment from Aristotle has no bearing on holiness at all. If anyone can become holy, it is only because Jesus chooses to make anyone holy. And each of us must say, yes, Lord, your will be done in my life. Jesus, make me holy. So for the senator to say that all people are holy and all people are sacred unconditionally, well, that's certainly a departure from traditional church teachings. Both Calvinist or Wesleyan stance declare all people are either depraved and corrupted in sin or completely deprived of any holiness unless it is on the condition that God fills us with his holiness. Romans 3 says, All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. 1 Timothy one nine says, The law, he's the legal angle of the subject, the law is made not for the innocent, but for the lawless and disobedient, for godless and sinful, and for the unholy and profane. So according to the Bible, even from the viewpoint of lawmaking and societal governance, there are in fact those that are unholy and far from sacred. Now, this began at a Congress debate, never meant to be some theological lecture, but it certainly affects many folks outside the government buildings on a daily basis when social services or medical services are required by anyone, including not limited to LGBTQ persons, or rejected for religious reasons, those seeking foster care through adoptive agencies, by places which receive government funding. So my immediate reaction upon hearing the senator say scripture is being weaponized, I thought, Good grief. Wait a minute. Scripture weaponized. What if this question gets turned around? That was my line of thought. Uh, Maybe I can put it to you this way. In your cities and countries, there is police officers. And do your police officers enforce the law in the lane where there is crime while carrying weapons? Well, you would say yes, of course, by all means. Having, not using, having weapons as a preparations and necessary response to crime in policing law enforcement. Can you picture or expect police officers to enforce the law against all sorts of crime in the street without any weapons at all? That's completely unthinkable. If all people were holy at that and apart from any conditions, there would be no need for policing let alone weapons. So if we on earth can understand how to govern this way, by law and with weapons, as appropriate preparation in the use of force, how then would the law of God, that is scripture, completely perfect, pure, just, and holy, be thought of as a powerless weapon against sin and crime in this world when employed by God? Unthinkable. But here is the issue. Even weapons intended to enforce the law for good, meant for good, When tainted by unholy sinful nature of man, even weapons of the law can be misused by man and abused by law-enforcing officers who are also citizens. And that is the dreadful evaluation that we are approaching now in our times, I'm afraid, in terms of unjust use of lethal weapons by law enforcers and police officers or communities. There is, in fact, no holiness at all in the way we wield weapons of the law, either as political self-governing state or possibly even as communities of faith. No one is righteous. Controversy runs rampant with excessive police brutality in the headlines, communities of faith being accused of misusing or abusing scripture to make false justifications, even all this becomes a sin that all parties must surrender before God and repent. Governors, senators, citizens, churchgoers, worshippers. We must all repent before God in how we have failed to uphold the law and repent from the way we have misused and abused laws and weapons against fellow man, against one another, our neighborhoods, and communities. And this is to illustrate a deeper spiritual principle. In as much as communities of faith using scripture poorly as a weapon, state issue weapons of lethal force could also be poorly used in the wrong ways. Police officers must be trained intensely to use sound judgment at split-second reaction while using weapons of lethal force. Just as ministers and believers who worship Jesus are called by God to handle the word of truth properly. Not as a weapon, but to handle the word of truth properly, as it says in Second 2 Timothy 2.15 of the Bible. So this is the parallel I want to point out first. We are talking about the enforcement of the law, judicial or religious, by weapons of lethal force, or by scripture. And it is God to whom we must all bow down with a regretful and a repentant heart. My prayer goes out to everyone who is both under the law and serving the law, to keep a clear conscience with a heart for unbiased justice and to speak and act fairly in words and in deeds. And for those who may even have failed in those ways that the shed blood of Jesus will be enough to cleanse us before the eyes of God, when we receive him as Lord, and before His eyes that are both ready to judge and compassionate to heal. Amen. Part two and three of the series is already uploaded, and you can find those episodes on Over the Air Christian Podcast, where I discuss the weaponizing of scripture, and even how scripture compares itself as a weapon, and then the rise to LGBTQ communities, how the parable of the Good Samaritan of the Bible represented different communities to help each other, and where traditional political or government methods stopped short because of certain limits and what would be the way to move forward. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.